Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Quarter Life Crisis Podcast. My name is Chris McIlvenny. My name is Luke Davis. And we are going through a quarter life crisis together. Together. We're, we're the rock for each other. We <laughs> are, thank God we have each other. Because <laughs> it's been a, a, a rough, let's say maybe year. Nine it's months to a year. It's had its moments. It has moments. It's had its ups and downs. But um, at the minute, you might hear buses going past. Buses and cars. cars. Because, believe it or not, we are sitting on a balcony in the middle of Italy. Well, actually, in the northwest of Italy. The northwest of Italy. My apologies. I'm not very good at geography. wasn't ever my strong suit, especially if it's Italy. Hmm. Um, yeah. The quarter life crisis took over and we had to get out of England. Yeah, that's it, and it came about very quickly. So, the reason me and Chris are sat on a balcony in the northwest of Italy right now is because we're actors. Um, anyone who knows me and Chris will know that. And we finished drama school back in May. Um, and anyone who's been to, not even just straight university mostly, I think yeah. you find a lot of people will, will go through that stage of a quarter life crisis. Um, where, I, I don't know, I left and life's not the same. I um, I remember tweeting after we'd left uni, they should really have rehabs for students who leave university just for rehabilitation because it's a, it was a joke, obviously, but it's a yeah. completely different life. Do you know what it I mean? Is, it's, it's, it's hard to get used to because the thing is you go through 14 years, well, I did 14 years of education, like school and then college. No, you went to college. Yeah, I, well, was, I went to sixth form. So that's what I mean. And then uni, yeah. and then you're out in the big bad world, and you just gotta do it yourself. And I think the quarter life crisis is uh, a lack of structure in your life. I think that's it. Even though I think as a student, life is genuinely uh, generally seems to be pretty unstructured itself. But there's still like getting up in the morning, going to work, or going to uni, or you know, and being around people quite a lot. You know, I mean, I lived in a house with you. There were six of us there, so yeah. you were constantly with people all of the time. You yeah, know, all we, your age, all going through the same thing, and it was such good crack because you were with your friends you were going we were going to drama school we were farting about in a rehearsal room all day every day it was yeah. the best with your mates having a laugh having the best time yeah and then and then you leave uni we left drama school and you gotta get a real job a full-time job because all through uni part-time jobs easy you do at most 20 hours a week at the very most yeah and then the fuck you go straight into full time work 40 hour a week job fucking horrendous yeah and I think one of the things like I the term quarter life crisis was something I'd used as a joke before now but then went on to sort of look out on the internet and do a little bit of research on it and it's something that people go through quite a lot a lot of people go through a quarter life crisis a lot of the time when they get to their mid 20s and it's that you know, people, your, your 20s, you're told they're the years that you're supposed to mess about and fuck up yeah. and get an STD and, you know, not get a job and get sacked. And Point of reference, I've never had an STD. I've never had an STD. I'm very proud of myself. I am, and I mean... You should see my track record. I'm surprised <laughs> I haven't, to be honest. Sorry, girls. <laughs> and boys, if you're out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it, it, it's supposed to be the... The, the 10 years of your life where you're allowed to fuck up and make a yeah. mistake but then on the flip side it's you know you've got people saying well haven't you got a job and mm. aren't you doing this and aren't you looking to move out of your parents out your parents box room and get a, a, a proper job and find your own place and this that and the other and I think it's quite a confusing time and you get to, and I think you're very stuck between 
wanting to follow your dreams yeah. and facing the impending sense of reality that's just around the corner. And I think it's about finding that nice balance of working a nine to five while yeah. still trying to pursue a job that you love and wouldn't mind yeah. spending the rest of your life in. Because I think when you get to your 20s, that term, the rest of your life becomes quite real. I'd say that my early 20s have been the years that I've... Um, found my sense of mortality you know when you're young you feel oh, yeah. quite immortal and i think i've got to my 20s and sort of realized that this isn't to be taken for granted that's it and we're not old but as you get older you st- your body starts to tell you that abandon you a little yeah. bit like you fucking... <laughs> me and you sat here at 22 and 23 <laughs> talking as if we're in our 50s i know but still like like i fell on my knee today and like when you're a kid you fell on your knee you got straight back up I was on that fucking floor for about 10 minutes. And there's a massive bruise in my knee and I can't believe it. It's fucking aching. I can well, barely walk. We we went for a, a bike ride around Hyde Park. Yeah. And I got to Italy in my first day of rehearsal and walking around the beach and stuff. All I did was complain about my knees hurting. You know, I mean, your body really starts yeah, yeah. to tell you that. that. Well, Maybe, we should retire. <laughs> Maybe, it's, yeah, reti- retire and move to Italy full time. I know. I think it's... Um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I've gone completely uh, off on one. I... Um, when we left drama school in Manchester, we went and uh, I left Manchester and moved back to Belfast, worked there for the summer. Just worked in a hotel and it was mad. It was really strange trying to get back into Belfast life. Not like specifically living with my parents and stuff, but like Belfast is a place like no other, especially in England, because I lived in England for what, five years? Yeah, yeah. five years. And then I had to go back to Belfast and like Belfast people, they just say what they just tell, say it how it is, and they don't have no, there's no bullshit. It's just like, boom, you fucking cunt this, and you yeah. fucking bastard this. And, and they're all nice to you. Like, they call you the worst names in the world, but they mean well. Um, and it, it was weird, and living with my parents again was really weird. Like, just like, having, well, it was good because I was able to leave out my washing for my mum to do <laughs> and stuff like that. But then I was like, right, I need to, I need to go follow my dreams and, and go back to England because that's where all the work is mainly. So I moved to London and it's, it was a good idea. But the thing is that to survive in London, the rent is fucking upwards of 600 quid a month. I mean, you were paying upwards of 600 and living on a camp bed in a box room for four months. You know what, yeah, five was, months? I was in a prison cell um, for five months. Can't believe I did that. But it was all the the trans fucking be an actor and get all these auditions that never came, and then I was working forty to forty five hours a week in a pub, and never had really money to do anything. Never had free time anyway to spend the, the no money that I had, so it was just a nightmare, and I was just melted all the time. I think it's a big adjustment going from. Life in a city, for me, I come from uh, a very small village in North Wales. Actually, fun fact, it was actually the, in the Guinness Book of, we- Guinness Book of World Records. Jonathan Boston. <laughs> um, the Guinness Book of World Records in about 2006 for being the longest village in Wales. Um, longest? The longest, yeah. It, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's just a road, really? Yeah, it's one big road that goes through North Wales. Um but yeah, and it's quite a small village where everybody knows everybody and you live in each other's pockets and you drink in the same pubs and everyone knows everyone's business. And it's always been that way and there's a sense of home that comes with yeah. that. But once you've 
Like, I don't once like you to broaden your horizons. That's it. I don't like to use the term escape, but once you've got out of it, it's very difficult to go back to because you've got your independence. And I think mm-hmm. again, going back to what we were saying about life in your twenties, I think that's an important part of it. You know, Massively. having yeah, finding a sense of freedom and a sense of standing on your own two feet. Yeah. And I'll be completely honest, myself, when it started, I don't think I don't think I adapted to it too well. I took it for granted massively. You know, I was living, what, away, living away, living away from home. I was doing what I want when I wanted, yeah. living under my own rules, and that can bore quite easily do you know what I mean that can wear off and then I moved back home and, and it was a real culture shock for me going back to yeah. that small place and the place really in, in the loveliest way possible but it doesn't move yeah. do you know what I mean things stand still you can go anywhere in the world and go back to Bagel and it's going to be the same which is lovely it's nice yeah. that, you know it's it's warming to have mm. that there I don't know if that's specific though for where you're from I think like because I was talking to my brother today actually and like talking to him about me being in Italy, because we're here for four months. It's actually crazy. Yeah. So we're here for four months, uh, touring around Italy for four months. I still can't believe it. No. But it, and I lived in England for five years and I loved every bit of it. And then going back home, nothing ever changes. But that's just home in general for anyone around the world. If you go somewhere else, it's different. It's something new. There's something new every every round every corner. Whereas in your hometown, you know, round every corner, you know every patch of land where, of that place where you're from. You know what faces are going to be in that pub when you walk in. You know what's in. going to happen. Yeah. You know everything. You know who's with who and who shouldn't be with who, who still are with who and all the rest of it. And yeah. It's all the same shit. And and it's it's crap because you feel like nothing's nothing moves on except you. Yeah. You're like, I've moved on and this place hasn't. So it's like going back in time, but... But you've gone so further, so much further ahead in your life. But I think that's a part of, you know, like we talked about the, the quarter life crisis before. I think that's it's quite a unanimous thing. I'm not saying everyone goes through one, but I think people who go away have that sense of when I come home, things are still the same here. And whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I yeah. think it's quite subjective. It's a personal thing, you know, mm. and I think anyone who goes away, whether they go away for a month or six years and then come home and then stay forever or yeah. come back for one month and then move away. There's always that sense of niceness there. Home's always home, but it's about going away and finding your own, you know, your own yeah, home, man. your own thing to do. You know, yeah. I love Manchester. For the past seven months, I moved back to Wales in um, in June after I'd left uni and came down with a real bump. You know, at first it was nice because it was the summertime and I spent yeah. a lot of time at the beach with my friends and stuff like that. But then you can only do that for a certain amount of time before that becomes your reality again. And then the novelty yeah, starts yeah, to wear course. off. That's it. So, yeah, we're in Italy. Um, we found out what two weeks ago yeah. we were coming here. Yeah, that's the life of an actor, apparently. Um, yeah, Luke rang me one day two weeks ago and said I got an audition and I was buzzing for him because obviously he hadn't had an audition since we left and and it was like I'd had auditions but didn't get any parts. So what's the difference? Yeah. It doesn't make a difference. Like you may as well not have any auditions. And uh, you're like, yeah, I've got this audition. It's a fucking tour round Wales for four no, months. No, round Italy for four uh, months. Wales. <laughs> Fuck a tour round Wales. <laughs> Fuck, I'll stand You do that in four weeks, mate. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're joking, Wales is all right. Gorgeous. Um, but yeah, round Italy. And uh, I was like, I didn't believe it. And I didn't want to say that to you. Because I was like, it just sounds too good to be true. The fact that you're getting paid to act and tour around Italy yeah all accommodation paid for all fuel paid for like they, so we're here for four weeks where we are now we're in a place called Arma d'Italia 
Well so done that, on the pronunciation. Thanks very much. Yeah. I've been trying. <laughs> He's I've been practicing. Buongiorno. <laughs> Two Irish. Ciao, ciao Bella. Ciao Bella. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so we're here for four weeks rehearsing. And then we go on tour around all of Italy. We have no idea where we're going. We'll find out maybe a couple of days before every single place. Yeah, there's no set plan. There's just whichever schools book you, you get in the car and that's it. You drive to that yeah. place and you perform for all these kids, which is brilliant. You know, it's really good fun and it's nothing like either of us have ever done before, no. in a sense. Like, yeah. I've worked with children before and I've done, you know, when I went home, I've worked in schools for the past um, five months, which has been really great fun. But, I mean, it's a different performance style because these kids can't speak great English and there's a sense yeah. of teaching them English within the shows that's you know? what it is that's the main reason for the shows it's it's to help kids understand English and they get to have fun watching a performance the thing is I like I had my reservations about auditioning or even applying mainly because my style of acting I much much prefer realistic uh, naturalistic acting like that's that's me like I love that and this is very much the opposite. Very much so. But it's, geez, we've been here two days. We've had two days of rehearsals and I've had the best time. On your lunch break, you go down to the beach, you have a wee pizza. Fuck me. Like today where we had lunch, we literally sat in a calf for yeah. lunch. Listen to me, how, how, I don't know what the word is, but lunch, I don't use that. We went for dinner, right? And um, we <laughs> fucking Tory. <laughs> you dickhead. We um, we went down to one of the girls, Sam, who we're living with, and who's on the tour with us. Um, hadn't been to the beach yet, so we went for a wander down to the beach, and sat at a little cafe and got some pizza and a Fanta. And it's fucking twenty-one degrees. Yeah. Have a tan already. Been here two days. Yeah, and we just sat, and it was right next is it the med that's the mediterranean yeah. yeah and we were sat and the waves it just sounded gorgeous the sun was shining we, we literally couldn't we still can't it, leave our love what it was like it, it's like the start of grace <laughs> yeah all you needed was a bird with blonde hair i'd get her up against them rocks and oh, kiss Christ. the face clean off her <laughs> Uh, and then, then apologise profusely <laughs> yeah. sorry about that I'm putting you for someone else uh, yeah but it's we're, we're very lucky boys because we were like I know this podcast is called The Quarter Life Crisis and this is almost our medication for that yeah it's, it's therapy you know yeah, I think really a, bo a bottle of beer and a little bit of sunshine can't do anyone any harm yeah. um, there's no sunshine in now as it's nearly midnight but um yeah, it's exactly what we needed. And I think the, the reason we're doing a podcast called Quarter Life Crisis is because the amount of our friends who we've spoken to that have gone through a similar thing, if not the complete exact yeah. thing that we've been through, yeah. you know. And I wouldn't call it a struggle, you know. There's so much more going on in people's lives and so much that's different it. stuff that's happening. But it, like I say, it's personal. It's something you, you can sometimes feel like you're the only person in the world that's going through it and it can be hard at points you know what I mean it's, yeah. it's not the easiest thing to come to terms with see it's funny like not a midlife crisis like I always used to take the piss out of my dad like if he, he tried to wear one of my t-shirts or something that said Abercrombie and Fitch I'm like what are you doing like that's a proper <laughs> midlife crisis t-shirt that take that off you're a fucking extra large and I'm small take it off Chris now. has been huggies for the past three months fucking pissing myself <laughs> um, yeah and uh, we like the, the whole quarter life crisis thing like I was I had to catch myself on because I felt like I was way older than I actually am like I was yeah. working in a pub in London 
and it was the oldest pub on the river and all the regulars would come in and they're all in like their 50s, 60s, 70s or whatever and it's the same people every day pretty much and you have chats with them and they're all talking about their lives and what, what they've done and where they've been and I was like I was before I moved to London I was so excited about moving to London and then I moved to London and I could have been anywhere in the world in mm. any pub in any place because I was only ever in the pub mm. like I did I, like what was the point yeah it was costing you a fortune so. costing me a fortune but I think that's it I, we, I've got a friend who constantly reminds me like when I'm having these episodes of going what the fuck am I doing you know I feel like I'm a million miles behind because that can be another hard thing when you've got friends that are doing really well for themselves and you're really, really happy for them. Like I've got a friend who's married and got a baby on the way and he's got his life set up yeah. for him and that is lovely. And I've got, you know, friends who are engaged and looking at buying a house with their other half now and I'm single, living at home, having finished drama school, unemployed or working as a supply teacher. Mm. And you just sort of internally scream a little bit and go, well, I feel like I've got some catching up to do, but... Like I said, I've got a friend who constantly says to me, just slow down and remember you're 22 years old. Yeah. You've got your whole life ahead of you. You're in your very early 20s. Yeah. And the world's your lobster at the end of the day. Do you know Indeed. what I mean? I see, I, the whole marriage with kids thing, like seeing people doing that, like I really don't envy them at all because I'm like, fuck that. I'm not ready for that shit because that would scare the shit out of me. It's it's more, it's the things you see on Instagram. Like, I know you know that Instagram is not reality, but, like, it seems real. <laughs> like, when you see someone's story and they're fucking... Someone else, like, when I was living in London, you'd see people who are living in London, and London looks so good, and then you walk around, you're like, what? It looks shite here. But on Instagram, a wee boomerang yeah. of Leicester Square, you're like, oh, look at that, that's class. Yeah, going for cocktails with your friends or something yeah. like that. You know, and we all do it, you know. It's all, yeah. it's it's a highlight reel, so essentially, you can't isn't see it? the fucking... Is it the grass from the trees? The wood for the trees. Wood for the trees? Yeah. But you can't see e either of them. Uh, for the bloody trees. Trees need trimming, in my opinion. Fucking trees down, I'm serious. Um, but yeah, it's fucking mad. Um, here, what about fucking what's been happening in the world at the minute? You know what? 2020, I mean, the last time me and you sat down and did a podcast was coming up for a year ago. Yeah. And the things that have happened in the world in that year, I mean, 2020 has been a rough start, if you ask me. Australia burned down. Um, coronavirus. Coronavirus. World War Three. The threat Almost. of Almost. Almost the threat of it, yeah. See, I didn't believe in all the hype. And I still, I don't really believe in this coronavirus hype. Not going to lie. I think it's, it's mass hysteria. But it's factual, like... Oh, no, it's factual, definitely. It's factual, but, but this, like freaking out that if you get it you're gonna die it's simply not true like it is it you you'll die if you have respiratory problems or you're of ill health already but like i'm a good healthy strong little boy so i'm i'll be all right i think if i got it i'd rather not have it <laughs> yeah but i think you could do like without a, it but... i think it's just a really bad flu I... a really bad flu could kill anyone well, not, yeah. not, no, because I, I just fucking contradict myself. Yourself, yeah. I mean, if you have problems with your breathing or whatever, then you're, if a bad flu could kill you. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's coronavirus or fucking whatever. Common cold. Common cold. Either one of them could see you off at the end of the day. Yeah. But, um, it's, and, and just the world in general, I think. The world, the world is a place being on fire and burning and 
come into a close end. I mean, 2020 hasn't had much to offer as far as New Year's go. Do you know what I mean? Fucking 17-year-old from Sweden, one person of the year, Time Magazine person of the year, for trying to save the planet. And, and fair then, play to her. Oh yeah, fair play to her. And you've had a load of adults fucking having a go at her. And all. It's hilarious. Another thing that we... She's having a go at the adults. It's, it's bickering at, on the world stage. It's <laughs> fucking outrageous. And for the first time, I think, the 17-year-old's right. You know, I think she's... I completely agree with where she's coming from. I think, I think it is a global emergency and something needs doing about it. It is, I think, just her... Uh, she doesn't... Because the thing is, it's all well and good being like, okay, the world's on fire, like, climate change is a serious issue. But, like, she, she, at the end of the day, she is 17. Yeah. So she doesn't have any plans. She doesn't know what we need to do to, to sort it out and stuff. She's just like, we need to sort it out. And I know she's like, yeah, the politicians need to sort it out. But, like, the way in which the world works, it takes a lot to stop it but I think she's doing the right thing in talking about it because before Greta Thunberg came along no one was having that conversation in quite the way that they are now she's sparking conversations that people weren't having two years ago you know and I think it's an important thing that even if it is an argument of all this 17 year old telling people how the world needs needs to be run and she's only 17 year old well that's a conversation that we weren't having a long time ago when it needed to be had. You know, I mean, the world is, it, it's dying. See, I don't, yeah, it is. But, yeah, okay. Yeah, it is. But I feel like uh, uh, the world at the minute is a very, um, like, it, it, it's a year there's a war against different, so, like, I think last year we had a gender war and now this year it's like an age war. It's the younger generation against the older generation. You've seen that in the general election. Yeah, just before Christmas. I was just going to say that another big thing yeah. that happened this year was Britain left the European Union. Yeah, well, yeah, it did. You know, and I mean, I, I'm someone who voted against that, but was all for it happening. I think that it's, unfortunately, we live in a democratic society. It's, it's, well, it's not unfortunate that we live in a democratic no, society. No, 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 that's that's not unfortunate. You know, it could be, you know, it's it's not like it's a unfortunate that, 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 that that's that's what the people voted for. They It was misinformation, but yeah. like at the end of the day, they did vote for it. I think that's I know they it, didn't but, really know what they were voting for, but... But like we said about the, the war against the younger generations versus the older one, mm. I think that's, that's a war in itself as well, you know, in yeah. regards to politics, because younger people are feeling, or I, I can't speak on behalf of every younger person, but I'd say a majority... No, they're not even think. They know they've been lied to, you yeah. know. And and I think yeah, they're woke. They're, they're woke. The woke ki- AF. Kids are woke these days. Woke as fuck. And I think they, they, there's a genuine anger that they've been lied to. And what I think it is with the older generation, maybe I'm being, um, I don't know what the word is. I'm looking for naive, naive. isn't the right term. No. I don't think. But where I certainly felt like the older generation are so used to the way things have been done mm-hmm. that. They're gonna believe anything. What what happened with it was a lot. What happened with Boris Johnson was a lot like what happened with Trump. Is that he listened for for a long time about what people were pissed off about and what they didn't like and what they wanted changing. And that was we give all this money to the EU. We don't like the immigrants. We want to keep our NHS and we want to be independent because we want our rules and we don't want no one else from anywhere else telling us what we can and can't do. Trump listened to every single thing Trump? they said. Oh, sorry, Boris Johnson listened to every single thing that these people had said. He worked for the newspapers yeah. that used to feed these people this stuff. You know, yeah, the news is so controlled and so... Um, it's the rich. 
yeah, yeah, it is. And I think even like Jeremy Corbyn wasn't my favourite person in the world, <laughs> but he was closer to the views that I believed in. In you yeah, know, as opposed to Boris Johnson, he fucked it. He did fuck it. He did <laughs> fucked it. He really did fuck it. Uh, I think. Shut up. Oh, we're trying to do a podcast up here. Um, I don't even know what shut up means. <laughs> Ciao bella. <laughs> don't say that. Hello, beautiful. The shut up. Um, I forgot what I was saying. I'll let you were talking about uh, Boris Johnson. Yeah. And Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah, that's it. And I feel like Corbyn had... He was... Oh, I don't know how to explain. He was explain. too left. Yes, he, he was extreme Way left. too left. But like, for this... For, 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 for today, yeah. Oh. But, but before... I'd say before Tony Blair, to be extreme left was just to be left. I know, okay, maybe Corbyn's on a different level, but but it was, you know, um, Tony Blair brought in New Labour. So that was more central left as yeah. opposed to far left. Do you know what I well, mean? But, that, but that's what will win it for Labour yeah. in the future. But uh, Labour's fucked at the minute. Like It is. It's got it's some real like, rerouting that like it needs to do. Like, I know they're saying, like, oh, my God, the Tories are going to be in power for another five years. Well, I mean, our fucking 15 years if Labour don't take a, get their finger out. Yeah, Labour, the ne- Labour need to shake things up a little bit. They they absolutely do. But again, being a young person, you know, we're both in our 20s. Not that you feel responsible for it, but it's something that, and especially with me and you moving out here, on the day that we left, well, two days after we left the EU, it's something that becomes... We came a, back. Yeah, we came back. It's something that feels like quite a personal problem. It matters in your life, you know. And I mean, See, it doesn't matter to me. I have an Irish passport, bruh. Yeah, fair one. I'm EU till I die. Yeah, and there's no chance of Wales going independent no, anytime soon. So yeah, no we, chance. We wouldn't be very good no on our chance. own. Not unless Wales is going to be renamed England. <laughs> <laughs> not unless I say the sheep go off by a drastic five hundred percent in the next few yeah, no, years. If they let sheep vote, then you're in for a chance. <laughs> you're in for a big chance. There's two sheep to every one person in Wales. I know that is. I don't know if that's ma- a rumor or not. I don't know. There's a lot of them, like. Sheep threesomes, like no, I think that's too much to handle. Yeah, two sheep, very warm all that wool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck that. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. So, so back to why we're in Italy. <laughs> why are we in Italy? Because I think that there was a moment of going, Well, we're actors, and we still, well, I think with any actor constantly, and I think you need this, there's a sense of now or never. I've either got to do this now or never do it. But that's a constant. Mm-hmm. I think even once you've had one big job, there's still that sense of now or never. Yeah. I don't want this to stop. Once you've had a job, you want to carry on doing yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? And the industry isn't an easy industry to go into at all. Yeah. I don't like... But you'd want you'd rather have even your, uh, dipping your toe in the pool than not be anywhere near it. Yeah. You, you want to be at least on the outskirts of the industry or in it in the slightest way possible. You want to be involved in any way, shape or form in the type of thing that you want to do. Like I was working in a pub for five months, didn't yeah. do a single bit of acting. And like, I was like, I'm an actor. Like I, would, I, would, I would tell people in the pub, they come in like, oh, so what, what are you doing working here in London? I'm like, oh, I'm an actor. They'd be like, what have you been in? I'm like, this pub for five fucking months. <laughs> Vincent River in the yeah. uh, Liverpool Playhouse, in case you didn't hear. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I think there was a sense of that and saying, look, we need to do something about this, which is nice. I think that's something you've got to keep as an actor. I think you've always got to have it. You can't ever think, you know what, I might not do this. I think yeah. there's got to be a constant. It's not a case of whether I will or won't do it. Yeah. It's a case of when and how am I going to do it. Well, with, um, with a basketball player, uh, Kobe Bryant, dying in a helicopter crash and his young daughter um, dying as well it's, it, and, and all those other people that died like I was just 
like obviously I, I'm not a big basketball fan, but like I'm a human being. I was like proper affected by it. I was like, fuck, that is mad because like at the end of the day, I know he's this big famous guy, but like he was just a dad, and she's just a little girl, just going up like I know they were flying in a helicopter, but like going about their lives and, and trying to, like the reasons to why they were flying in a helicopter was to spend more time with the family, not to be in traffic yeah. all day so that they could come back and be with the family and have as much family time as possible. And like coming here, I know I'm going to be away from my family for another four months, but I'm like, you don't know the minute. Yeah, it could all end like that and you just don't know. So you got to live life to the full. That's it. I was like, speaking to my mum on the phone the other day, you know, and I said how much... It, and it was a risk, both of me and you coming out here. We, although we might not have been completely satisfied with the lives we had back yeah. home, but we'd set up lives for ourselves, you know? And yeah. there was a sense of, right, we've got two weeks to leave all that behind, quit our jobs, pack our stuff up. I mean, you've left London indefinitely just to get all yeah. your stuff together and just be like, right, I'm going. But like my mum said to me... Life's about it. You've got to take them risks. Hundred you know? percent. I mean, when I, I after I accepted the job and I'd booked my flights out here, there were still moments where maybe I'd sit down the beach or lie in bed at night and just have a think to myself and think, what exactly are you doing? Have you thought about what you're getting yourself into here? And then I thought back to the last time I'd taken a risk like this, mm. and that was the day that I walked into drama school two weeks before we started. Again, two yeah. weeks before we started, and just said, I want to go to drama school. I ended up getting an audition, getting in and going yeah. and doing it. And I looked back and thought, you've just had the single best three years of your entire life that you wouldn't change for the world. Yeah. You've met the most amazing people. <clears throat> Me. Well, you know what I'm here with you, aren't I? Most amazing person. <laughs> the the Randos are bastards. The most amazing people that you've ever met in your life. People, you know, that will never forget the six of us in that house are our family. That's yeah, it. You yeah, know, definitely. they are the family that you can yeah, choose. Yeah. And, and it got, I'd say it goes. It's much more than friendship with those lot. There's a lot of love there. Do yeah. you know what I mean? See, it's weird. Like, like, um, like fucking. How many years ago? Three years ago, like I had a girlfriend for three years, and like she'd be the only person I'd ring. Then we broke up, and then my mum was the only person I rang. Then I was living with you. Yeah. Then we left that house, and I was like, what the fuck do I do now? We rang each other every night. Every single like, night? We were like a pair of fannies. <laughs> ringing each other. <laughs> I don't know like, if you can say that, but... No, because um, we were just... All we did was like, what the fuck are we doing? Living, like, here, but that's where it. we were. But it's something we were going through together, very separately, in different corners yeah. of the country. But it was, you know, it was something that we were going through together, and I think it's nice to have that... Um, that sort of mate, I've been feeling this today, and the other person going, "Fuck yeah, same," you know that, or, or maybe maybe not. Sometimes like, "Oh shit, one well, mate, have you tried this? Have you tried that?" Yeah. And it was a constant tennis match of to and throw of what the yeah. fuck are we doing until we got until until this job came about. You were looking, you were looking for something. We were all, we were both looking for something, but never in our wildest dreams would we, would we ever think that it would be this. Yeah, and and here. there was that. We always used to, um, I, I would say our three years in uni, they were something special. And, and we always used to say it was, you couldn't write it, you know? I mean, I'm, I'm a writer, but you, it, it was so, it was such a thing that you couldn't write. Mm. You couldn't put it on paper, you couldn't yeah, put it there. Yeah. Um, I suppose somebody it was, could. It was like a tangible thing. Though. Yeah, it was like... that was it. And it was something I think that, not to sound wet, but that could only be experienced through like living it and being there. You had to be involved in it to understand to what scale. Yeah. It was ace, you know what it I mean? So oh, don't good. get me wrong, the, the downs came with the ups, you know what I mean? It was one of them. There was sometimes that weren't shit, but you went, you know, you went through it, but, it, yeah. but you had each other. And I think that's what, when I say that it was like beautiful and it was something you yeah. had to be there for, I think you had to be a part of it. And the 16 of us, we, 
you know, we we love that. We we wouldn't change that. We still stay in touch. We're very much, we're still very close. All of us. The Maybe not as close as we'd like to be. But no, the time we had in Manchester was like so good. There was way, way, way more good than bad. And then the time outside of uni, like after uni, when we left, yeah, there was way more bad than good. Yeah, there was. No, I'm, no, I'm not saying catastrophically bad. Like there wasn't any fucking. But just genuinely shit times. Shit. It sometimes. was just. Yeah. It was just unhappiness. It was just like not happy in, in the situation you're in and the place you're in the job you're in there was, and, like I said there was that sense of real life was and it, there and yeah, it, was time and it to just start. didn't seem to be a way out of it because we had just got in it and we just weren't happy with it yeah, we'd been thrown into it yeah yeah There's, we had no choice like it was kind of like when you're thrown into the uni life you sort of accept that because it's what you want yeah whereas when it ends you either go and do a masters or you well, get a job and you know and, and I'd say a large percentage of people do end up at home but like I was saying about the whole living in the house and it being like a film thing, once we'd got back, or, or, or we used to say it was, you know, not that it was like friends, but it was that sort of setup. Six people living in a house together, going through the best time, doing the thing that they loved. I mean, this, this, acting's a job that we would do for free because we love it. It's that thing. And I think that it's yeah. the fact that we say, oh, we would do this for absolutely no money whatsoever. It's quite, a, I think that makes the job quite special itself. Yeah. The money helps, obviously. I mean, yeah, it's cushy. Fuck, yeah. But um, yeah, and then there was the sense of going home and going, well, this isn't how it was supposed to end. This isn't, this can't, it can't be it. I can't have just gone through them three years, all, all that training, all them good times, all that happiness, and I can't just crack on and just do life yeah. now. Do you know what well, I that's mean? That's what I said to you. Like, I was like, those three years in uni uh, in Manchester were like friends. And then the season finale was when I left that fucking house and we were all in tears. I mean, floods of tears. And then I said to you the other week, I was like, I always, like, when when we when I left that house, I felt like my life after that was like the spin-off fucking Joey. Yeah. Which was the worst show ever. Yeah. It was so shit. Yeah. And it wasn't anything close to what the other thing was. Yeah. And I, and I couldn't get there. It was never going to get there. And then I was like, but maybe it's not a spin-off. Maybe it's just a continuation and just Maybe it's stop. season two, yeah. Maybe it yeah. And and it just and it gets it'll get better. Maybe it's a slow start to the season. How <laughs> yeah, slow start <laughs> yeah. to the season to say the least. A slow couple of episodes <laughs> and then and then we get into the real good stuff. But that was it. Once we'd got this job, I spoke to you on the phone and was like, Oh, this is it. This is how it's not how it's supposed to end, but this is where this is where it's meant to go next. Yeah, yeah. So there was a sense with when all the worry came about moving away, you know, leaving my family behind for four months, and you know, because obviously everyone, it's natural to worry about those sorts of things. But there was a sense of like, hang on, what am I doing? And I thought, this is it's just roll with the punches. It's life now, so just this is what direction it's going, and take it and see where it goes, mate. Because like I said, you took a risk last time, and you wouldn't change a single minute of it yeah, for the that's world. It, like um, how narcissistic of me and you to sit and compare our lives to, to the biggest TV show in the world being friends and you know if I'm honest our life is better than theirs <laughs> no. I think, I think how the, the in... fuck did they afford that apartment no honey <laughs> like... it was rent control or something it was a grandma's apartment that yeah there's a story behind that oh really there's a backstory to it yeah yeah but oh, I'm unaware not interesting enough for us to talk about yeah, on the podcast I need to do my research then you certainly I do I didn't know that but I think me and you do have a tendency to romanticise life sometimes. We do. You know? and, and I, I, like, I think that's a problem sometimes because you really, like, if you see your life as a movie and then it gets a bit shit sometimes and you're like, 
this movie's shit. <laughs> I want to turn it off. Yeah, I don't like this movie is this shit. Yeah. Is there a fucking? I hope there's not a sequel because this is bollocks. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I was always just like, what the fuck are, are we doing? And now we're here. Like we've been here two and a half days. Yeah. And honestly, these are the best two and a half days I've had since we left Manchester. Yeah. I mean, right now, two years ago. Oh yeah. We were sat in a bar in London getting absolutely shit-faced drunk because we just finished our London showcase. Now, if somebody walked up to us in that bar and said, listen, lads, bit weird this, but this time next year, you'll be sat on the balcony in Italy doing a podcast called Quarter Life Crisis because you feel so hard done to that you're about to get on with adult life like the other, you know, five billion people on the planet. We'd go five on. Five billion, I bet. So fucking near eight billion people on yeah, the Yeah, but kids as well. I'm talking about adults. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was just throwing a, a okay. you know, ballpark yeah. at one of them. But... Um, yeah, if someone had done that, we'd have laughed in their face and said, "That's not it. We're going to stay in Manchester. Or I'm going to move down to London and stuff." You know, yeah, yeah. That and because to be fair, that was what I'd said for quite a while. Oh, I'm going to move down to London, and yeah. it was Manchester, then it was London, and I left. Uh, then it, I was going to stay in Manchester, and I left and went back home. Yeah, and I'd rang you and was like, "Mate, I'm coming to London." I applied for so many jobs. I came down to see you in London, mm. and then was just I spent two days in Manchester, ended up down in London, and just thought, "This isn't for me. This place isn't home. It's not Manchester." But now I'm sat in Armadatija and I'm going, well, this ain't Manchester either. And that ain't such a shitty thing, to be honest, mate. I know, you know? actually, because it's built on rain Manchester. <laughs> All times around here. They are. And this place doesn't actually get rain, yeah. apparently. This no, is one of the yeah. driest places. Yeah, we're actually in a, a seaside town. So probably what um, Rill was to the Scousers back in the 1980s. But um, it's, the, it's a... It's a sun- I don't get that uh, <laughs> yeah. reference. Okay, well, Scouse Riviera, all Scouse oh, used yeah, to go right, over there because right, right. it was nice and stuff. Fair. But all um, we were told by one of the locals that a lot of Italian families come on holiday down here in the summer. And today, when we were sat on that beach in 21 degrees, Yeah, heat, we believed them. Oh, we, we absolutely like, oh, yeah, believed them. Fuck. It was stunning. It well, is... What's amazing is, like, we're sitting in our apartment in our apartment, on the balcony, and like we can see the sea. Yeah, we can see the med. We're we're a four minute walk from the beach. We're a two minute walk from where we go to work every day. Yeah, and and work. I say work. Yeah. But fuck me. What do we do? We <laughs> fucking dance about, sing songs, and fucking have a laugh. But but it, but for actors, I think because it's something that maybe well, we never got taught it in drama school. We never we never went through not the, this style. Yeah, we never got not not this style. So I think it's an important thing to do. I've spoke to all of our tutors back at the Arden, yeah. and um, they'd all said to us, you know, well, we all did a TIE when we left. And one thing I think that it will make us is audience aware. I think it, you know, that audience yeah, interaction. That, and also, it's life on the road. Yes, I know. For four so. weeks we're here, but then it's it's really life on the road. It certainly for is. Three months. Yeah, and I think it's um, it's it's quite brave. It's quite brave what we're doing in in sense to perform in in the sense of performance. Yeah, because every show is going to be different. These kids are the, the script isn't loose, but you can afford to be loose with it. You know. So yeah, I there's think, audience interactions. Like we yeah. get volunteers up on stage, and they fuck. I have to teach them a dance. I can't even dance myself. Like it's ridiculous. But we're not doing too bad. We're, we're, we're two right, days in, and we did I'm, our best run of it. I've today. really surprised myself, <laughs> I've, and you've surprised me as well. Yeah, well, I, me and Chris have seen each other dancing in forty twos in Manchester for the past. Fuck off! I was great dancing in forty twos. Now he shuffle, shuffle. Oh, all the kids loved him. Right? What? Oh, oh young in forty twos, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, old enough to be in there. Oh yeah, no, they had ID. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, I was IDing them before. I went <laughs> yeah. You never know these days. No, you certainly do not. Um, 
but yeah, different. It's a different way of living out here. But what yeah. that, I think that one thing that I'm enjoying most about it is it's quite cultured the area in which we live in yeah. at the moment. Um, it's it's Italian. It's yeah, not touristy. It's, yes, it's not touristy in the slightest. Like, we, like the the waiters that serve us, the 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 people behind the bar, they they don't speak English. No, so you've really got to pick up your Italian. I mean, we've learned little bits. We have panache is a, a shandy. shandy. Yeah, we don't drink shandy. No, we don't. On, one, of the girl, one of the girls who we live with drinks shandy, so we know it's panache. Shandy's what a waste. It costs you more. I just don't get that. Costs you more it's for less shandy. alcohol. Yeah. I fuck, fuck that. Like in the pub I was working in, like if people got a shandy, you just paid for a pint. Yeah. And and what my manager said to me was like, oh yeah, they they pay full price because they're getting the same amount of liquid. I was like, yeah, they're getting they're getting half beer and half fucking syrup, lemon lemonade syrup. And yeah. soda water. <laughs> I was like, you fucking having a laugh out of a gun. I was like, <laughs> a gun. <laughs> not a real gun. Chris has got a water pistol. <laughs> <into the glass. laughs> Lemonade pistol. Um, yeah, I was like, this is a fat. You're mugging people off. That's a scam. People no, who are no. trying to be good. One thing that I've noticed about drinking over in Italy is that it's quite social. You know, I mean, we we are known like tonight we went out for um, our tea. Yeah. And our dinner. I nearly said dinner. <laughs> Should have. I'm a change man. Um, but yeah, we went out for our tea or dinner, whoever you are, north or south, and um, you know we only had one drink with it, and that that's the thing yeah, for me. It, and you, it was a bit weird. Yeah, but it's nice because it is genuinely social. No, one, one thing that That's I love great. about Italy is that when you go out, they bring over this platter of food yeah. to you, which is just. If you got, order a drink, they give you free food. Yeah, if you order a drink, they come over with a platter of little pieces of so pizza. So if you want to get bread. pissed, you can't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're making they're, sure that they don't have to carry you out of their. But bar. the thing is, is it's between um, five and eight. eight yeah. yeah, five and eight, and it's a social thing because drinking is a really social thing to do. You go out with your friends, you have a glass of wine. And some of yeah. this food that they bring out, you know, you yeah. shake hands, you go your separate ways, you might see you in work tomorrow, might not. It's one of them. That's it. Like, like I know, like, going to a pub and stuff in, like, England or Ireland, it, or Wales, sorry, is um, is a sociable thing. But, like, you go out to get pissed. Like, mm. you don't go, like, that. that is if you, that's if you almost go, your main objective. Yeah, if you're going out for a meal, you never want to be the one who's driving because you want to have more than yeah. one drink with your food. And it's something that I don't really, I don't really like drinking with my food back home. No, same. but here a pint goes down quite nicely with little it's nibbles, you know, because it's not. And, I th- and we've had a lot less, I think, since being yeah. here as well. Um, but Italy, from what we've seen of it, like me and Chris got the train. Uh, we flew into Nice from um, Stansted and got the train through the uh, French Riviera, the south of France, through um, like Monaco and places like that. And it was absolutely gorgeous. The it's sun was beating down. Stunning. Yeah, we really. Like, from the moment we got here, we were like, wow, kids, you know, we've landed on our feet here. Tell you what, the girls that we've seen, in when we were in Nice, like, at the train station, on the train, at all the train stations we stopped at, Jesus, there were tens everywhere. I wanted to get off the train. Yeah. Have we chat? They but, probably had degrees in that as well, mate, to be honest. But what? <laughs> I said they probably had degrees in that. You're looking at them like, oh, yeah, you're great, you're fit. No, I know. Probably yeah. really nice women as well. Yeah, no, I know. And I'd, I'd try and chat them up and then they wouldn't speak a word. No. So uh, that'd be stupid. Even <laughs> if I tried to speak it in English, girls wouldn't understand me. Yeah, fair one. I've, I've, been, I've played Chris's translator for the past three years, you know. Yeah, well, it's necessary. It's actually, I think, well, it's weird. I, um, like, because obviously we're doing these plays and it's to help kids learn English. Giving and a bit back to the community. I've actually been really 
wasn't that I talk the way in which I talk. Because I know that I have to slow down. Maybe way more than you do. Yeah. So I'm almost speaking so slowly that you can get every word. And I'm mainly doing that so that the Italian director understands what I'm saying. And he wrote the fucking play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He knows the lines. He knows what I'm saying. Alessio, what a gent. He is a He's gent. a lovely, lovely fella. He's a good lad. Yeah, he's a gent. But, um, nah, it's been fucking epic. Yeah, and what, like we said, we're two days into a, a four-week stint in Armour the Tija. Tadja. Tadja. Sorry, my yeah. pronunciation isn't great. Oh, you need to work on your Italiano. <laughs> yeah, right now, other than Ciabella, that's about it. But I think we actually... I know, you need to stop saying that, <laughs> fucking fellas. Yeah, Ciabello oh, to the fellas. Oh, yeah, that's right. And uh, what, what's thank you? Grazie. Grazie. Grazie, Ciabella. Yeah, here we're we're getting there. Yeah, we are. And it's I, good that the, the the girls that we're with that we're will be going on tour with, uh, they're picking it up a lot quicker than us. Yeah, they certainly are, and they're lovely girls as well, aren't they? Oh, they're they're legends. We um, uh we couldn't have asked for nicer people to be fair. We, really we were quite could. nervous about meeting. We them. We were because that's it. You don't when you don't know people, you never know what they're going to be like because yeah, there are some can... assholes out there. Yeah, and you never know, especially in the acting world, like you get some divas. Yeah, and uh, we we got really really lucky. And they're quite serious about it as well, you know. Yeah, of course. Well, so are we. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, like I I've, I've I've been surprised at me and you mm. how professional we've been in the yeah. rehearsal room. I know we're professional, but it's like, almost like you can hear our tutors' voices in our head yeah. when we're sat there. You know, Stop even leave, talking about you too. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. and we're never on our phones. You know, unless Alessio's like, oh, you know, I've ten or yeah, yeah. do some practicing and stuff. Yeah. You know, where he doesn't mind you being on your phone. But when Alessio's there, is it Alessio? Yeah, Alessio. Yeah. When Alessio's there. You um no you focus you know and even leaving the rehearsal room leaving it tidy and stuff like, yeah, and no. there's sort of in the back That's of your it. mind that sort of you know and I have some respect leave it as you find it we get to work five ten fifteen minutes early That's in the morning it. you get know get the warm up done get yourself ready and then boom on we go on we go with our day and the long rehearsal days as well yeah, you know nine to five like yeah what a way to but make a living fair, I'd rather be nine to five fucking dancing singing acting about acting about than fucking working in an office or working in a pub. Or working in a school. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, well, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But I couldn't think of anything worse. I was doing it for five months. I fucking hated every bit of it. That's it. And I think it's nice. Especially one thing I found when I was back home was one of the worst things, I'd say, for a creative mind, which a lot, most of all probably actors are. You know, I think you have to have mm. a semi-creative mind to be in this industry and do this job. Is being uninspired. Yeah. I, I found that really hard, you know. Once, once being uninspired, uninspired. Yeah, once that life becomes your reality, and you're so used to it, and you don't see the hidden gems that are there in front oh, of you. Yeah. Like you might do living in a city, and you might sit and watch people, the people that you encounter, the people that you meet, the people that you spend time with, yeah. just by chance meetings of how it comes about. You know, mm. just being introduced to that. You don't have that back there because it's very much the norm to just spend time with the people that you know. There's not you know, yeah, people yeah. that come and go in your life That's like it. there is when you're in other places and you're just doing things in the in the world. I mean, there is chances that it happens, of course there is, but it's less likely for me. I'd say being at home, you know, it, yeah. you know who you're with and you know who you're yeah. going to see, and it's quite a standard thing. So it was something I struggled with quite a lot, especially in regards to the writing. I went home to focus. How pretentious did that sound, especially with the writing? Yeah. Um, but I went on to focus on that quite a bit. I really wanted, I really want to become a writer and, and write something worth putting out there. But that's it for me now. I think that's one thing I'm focused on: writing something worth yeah. trying to sell, rather than writing for the sake of trying to get your break. You yeah, 
Well, that's it. I, 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 well, I'm not a writer, but I think it, uh, it would be very hard to be in the same place all the time, in a place that you know so well, to try and get inspiration from. Yeah. Because, like, it's all the same and you know it, so you don't think it's that special. Whereas when, like, being here, like, the amount of stories that we're going to have from here. Yeah. The amount of stories we have already. It's good, like. <clears throat> yeah, you know, when we've so been good. here two days. Even, had... even before we left London, like, London on Friday is my last shift in the pub I worked in. And I know I, I, I know I said I hated it. I, did, I hated going to work, but I love the pub. I love the people in it. And, and my last shift, like, I've never, honestly, I felt so loved. And it was such a lovely night because there was people coming in, like, who I've been serving throughout the past couple of months. And they would come in, like, and they'd have plans that night and come in just to wish me well going. And, like, people giving me money. Like, like I'm like I, like, I don't really know you that well. I've just served you a couple of times. Yeah. And you're coming in, you're giving me money. We're going deadly. I'm wishing you well. You know, it's not. It's nice well. to, not thing. to just be appreciated, but to know that these people that they were genuine. They yeah, care. Do you know what I and, mean? And, and to know that you've made an effect on other people's lives. Yeah. I like that. Like it's such a way. It's such a like I got quite an emotional, quite emotional on Friday because because I kind of instantly took it for granted. Like while I was then in London. Yeah. I know I wasn't happy in that job, and I know I wasn't really that happy in London and stuff, but. I really did take it for granted, like the the people I had around me who actually treated me with such respect and and showed me such love, and I showed it back. Like I fucking loved every single person I worked with that I served. Like everyone was so lovely to me, but it, it was weird. And then tell my mum and dad, like about people coming and, and 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 wishing me well and stuff, and and they were just, they they were. Like emotional as well. They overwhelmed like, by yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, I was, like I was proper overwhelmed. Like it was amazing. Like we were in that pub. Like we didn't pay for a single pint that no. whole night. Like no. people were buying us drinks all night, and they'd never even met you. They just knew that you were my mate, and we were going literally <laughs> together, and they were just making sure that we enjoyed my last night in that place, and it was just fucking amazing. We were there till four in the morning, singing Ari songs. Everyone was crying. Hmm. It was just fucking. It, I couldn't. I couldn't have asked. For a better last night in that place it was just absolutely stunning it was a good send-off and i think you know that's it about i don't it's when i are going back to me saying about being uninspired i think that's it i think it's the human interaction with other people i think it's meeting new people hearing yeah. people's stories I, I don't know i don't know if that's me being a wanky writer saying that you know i like hearing oh you know tell me a bit about you to i mean it's been known for people to say that i enjoyed talking about myself and i don't know where they've got that from but um, you fucking want to do a podcast to see shit shit about yourself? I think want to do that. He's twisted my arm into this, the bastard. And there he is coming clean about his quarter life crisis. Yeah, no fucks Here, honestly, I think you've cured me. Yeah. I'm in Italy. I'm having the fucking time of life so far. Two and a half days in, fucking couldn't ask for better. Up to it's now. It's been great. Up to now, it's been a pleasure, my friend. It's been great. So this is hopefully the first of many hopefully. episodes yeah. that we will do on life in Italy and then God knows where we'll end up after that hopefully it's an exciting place and yeah. all the rest of it a Rolling so. Stone gathers no moss my friend yes I prefer the Beatles <laughs> but um, the Rolling Stones are alright oh shit one yeah right was... well thank you very much for listening guys yeah no problem no problem we'll see you on the flip side I feel like you're a fucking therapist <laughs>
right? <laughs> See us on the flip, you bunch of bastards. <laughs>